Alright everybody, welcome to episode 96 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL with my main man, Bill at Super Duper Flex, and my other main man, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Um, fellas, it is football eve. How are you guys doing? Hmm. Less than 24 hours. So excited. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about time, you know. It's a long off season, so uh pretty pretty happy to be able to watch some real football. And uh you know, we've been talking for the last eight months trying to figure out what's gonna happen this year, and we finally get to see uh how much we got right and wrong. You know, because it's going to be both, and just hope we're a little more right than wrong. And, How you doing, the, brother? I'm, dude, I'm excited, man. I mean, a great game to start the season. I mean, they usually they usually are. Usually the, the first game of the season are great games, but you get the Super Bowl champs and their million offensive weapons. You get the Dallas Cowboys and their million offensive weapons, so – for fantasy purposes, this is kind of like a dream matchup. We're not, you know, we're not looking at the elite defense against the, you know, the unstoppable offense. It's a bunch of offense. Bucks are good on defense, so that I don't want to take anything away from them. But Dallas is not, so start all your bucks. Um, do that. And I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to – I'm just ready, man. I'm excited. Um, so – we got that out of the way, you know, let's hit the news, uh, running back heavy in the news this week. Lev Bell gets signed to the Ravens practice squad. And that that's funny to me because I thought I remember at the beginning of the offseason saying that, like, you know, he wasn't going to get taken advantage of again. And, he, you know, he was going to get his and blah, blah, blah. And we're going, you know, we're going now to September before he gets signed to a practice squad. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll throw that up again real quick. Uh, our main man, Short Logic, both of my boys left for college a couple weeks ago, so we have an empty house. Football is going to hit different this year, and I need it. Yo, Short Logic, after the show, I'm going to hit you up in the DMs. I need your address because my house is nowhere near being empty, so I'm going to have to come over and watch football at your place. But um, I thought you said you were going to ship a kid over to him. <laughs> I, I don't want to put that evil on him. He finally, his kids are in college. He finally got them out. I, I ain't going to give him little ones again. Um, but yeah, man, it's exciting. So, so about this Lev Bell news, and, and this is how, I, this is the question I want to ask. Obviously, I don't think it, it does anything as far as uh, Gus Edwards' value, but are you now a little bit worried about Tate? Taysom or Tysom, I can't get the name right, but um, and his value, or is it more like this is just a whatever signing, it is what it is? Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about any depth behind. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't see Le'Veon Bell coming in and making much of an impact. Uh, you know, even with a team that rushes with that kind of volume, he'll get a, a couple carries here and there. Maybe he'll vulture a TD here or there, but that's about it. So I'm, I'm still, if I'm in dynasty, I'm still looking at the young guys. Uh, I forgot Tyson's last name as well, but uh, yeah, I mean, I might as well take a flyer there versus uh, we know what, what Lev Bell is at this point. We watched him the last couple of years kind of bouncing around and not, uh, not making uh, much noise at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's on the practice squad. I, I'm sure that's just for them to get a feel to see where he is before they make any decisions. Um, and maybe he just needs to get into game shape, and that's why they're doing it, and he will play a role. I don't know how big of a role. I mean, I think he's going to be limited regardless because his biggest skill is catching the ball, and that's not really what they do there. So, like, I mean, his biggest strength is just – decimated by the lack of passes to running backs. So, um, and his rushing is not that amazing and it never really was to be honest. Um, you know, even at Michigan state, it wasn't his rushing, it was his receiving. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, he's just, he's old. He's probably, you know, not quite uh, as motivated as he once was. So um, I'm just, I'd rather roll the dice on the, on like Tyson Williams or, you know, whoever, uh, Trenton Cannon. Yep, Trenton Cannon. So, like, I would rather try to grab one of those guys. I mean, Williams is grabbed by everybody, but Cannon might be a, um, you know, a good ad if you can get them and, um, you know, just to see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately I think Bell is, it's, he's nobody I really want to roster ever again. I don't think. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you guys said. The only thing I will say is that a lot of people spent some fab and I mean, varying levels of fab. I saw some people get them for, you know, a penny and some people went, pretty deep into their fab wallet to get him. I think Lev Bell is going to affect him. Um, Now, that doesn't mean he should be in your lineup every week. That doesn't mean you should rush out if he's on your waiver wire and drop 80% of your fab to get him. But I think the people that did end up dropping a lot on Tyson Williams are going to be disappointed because – I think Lev Bell, I think the practice squad thing is, like Bill said, either to get him into game shape or just to get him in front of the uh, playbook for a week or two, just so that he understands what's going on. Because, I mean, getting signed in September leaves you very little time to <laughs> to read the playbook and, and understand everything you're supposed to be doing. So I, I think, but... I mean, as far as Gus Edwards, I said that before I even asked the question, you know, I don't think this does anything to Gus Edwards and what his value is, but I think it may hurt the uh, the Tyson Williams owners who spent a little bit of that fat to get him. <clears throat> so before I go to the next one, we got a, we got a question here from MB. So let, let's hit it and let's see what, if we got any goodness for him. He said, I got a question. I picked Julio over Pitt and Chris Carson. How bad do you think that will end up? My current tight end is Goddard. All right. So, <clears throat> Drew, why don't you start us off? Give us your opinion. You are the resident Tennessee Titans uh, insider on the pod. So uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us what you think? Oh, uh, don't label me that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did see Julio around town when he got here, though. Um, I- I'm fine with that. Um Depending on the format, uh, you know, Chris Carson, he's, uh, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, he, he tends to be underrated at the running back position. So uh, I'd have been fine taking Julio or Carson over Pitts. I, I'm not bought into Pitts this year. So, uh, you know, whether this is redraft or season long or, yeah, you know, if you're in a position to, to compete now, I'm totally fine with Julio uh, over Pitts. Um, Julio versus Carson, based on your team needs, starting roster spots, et cetera. But uh, I'm good with it. I like it. What about you, Bill? Yeah, I'm assuming this is for uh, season long. Um, I don't know. MB, let us know. We'll talk about it and let us know if this is season so long. So if it's dynasty. season long, like, I mean, I get it. Like, I think that, you know, Pitts obviously has the big upside. And I see him going, like, tight end four for the most part. So I think, like, it's – the percentages are that Goddard's going to outscore Pitts this year, I think. I just don't necessarily know he has the ceiling that Pitts may have. So Julio, I mean, Julio, like we're acting like he's, he like had this monster decline last year or something. Um, I get that the volume might not be the same, but I mean, he's still Julio and, you know, typically talent, like somebody when they're like all world, their talent just doesn't fall off a cliff, you know, and their production doesn't fall off a cliff. It's more of like a, an arcing decline. So I don't expect, I mean, granted there is a change in situation and, you know, maybe the volume is less, but I mean, he also has a pretty incredible wide receiver across from him. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that could um, help him out. It looks like MB says season long. So um, yeah, I dig it, man, because Julio, I, I would argue has as much upside if not more than Pitts. I mean, granted, it's just the positional scarcity of the tight end, but I think covering or, you know, hedging or arbitrage of Goddard is uh, a pretty solid, solid move. And I, I'm totally down with that decision. I mean, I think that 
I could probably argue all three of the players, you know, but I think that Pitts is the least likely for me to have a really strong argument for. So I'm good with that pick. Yeah. And I think Drew uh, summed it up perfectly. It depends on where your team was at the time. Um, because I'm, you know, in, in redraft and season long, I'm a, I'm a RB heavy type drafter usually. So, you know, depending on how my team looked at the time, I might've went Chris Carson over Julio, but I don't think that Tennessee gives up assets to bring in Julio and then just go, ah, we're going to throw it like 25 times a game. Like, I, I don't see the sense in that. And, uh, you know, Peter Howard always says, it, you know, there's no such thing as vacated targets, but talent dictates targets. And if Julio's healthy, Julio's one of the best in the league. He's going to dictate targets. A.J. Brown is going to dictate targets. You know, good thing is, is that they have a running back who doesn't really dictate any targets. So you're not worrying about, a you know, a Christian McCaffrey type running back that needs to get all these targets, you know. So Julio's biggest thing is health. Um, but if he's healthy, man, I, I think he I think he will have the best season of the three. But. The great thing about season long two is honestly, like it doesn't matter who your tight end is. If, if you have a, you know, a tight end, you maybe you draft the 15th best, best tight end throughout the entirety of the season. Ain't going to be on your team for the entirety of the season. You're going to, you're going to drop that guy and try to play matchups. You're going to try to find maybe uh, the guy that comes out on fire, you know, maybe, you know, and I don't believe in this guy, but maybe Tyler Higby. You know, the new look Rams offense, they come out firing first game of the season. He's a stud. You pick him up and he just continues that for the whole season. John New Smith, Hunter Henry, you know, there's a ton of guys in season long that you can kind of mix and match and put in and keep on your bench. So, yeah, you know what? If Goddard isn't the guy, and I do worry about Goddard a little bit because that Ertz is still in town, but if Goddard's not the guy, there's going to be a guy on the waiver wire every week. So uh, I wouldn't even stress it about, you know, maybe you should have taken Pitts because all you have is Goddard. Because if I'm right and Goddard's not that guy, there's going to be two or three guys every week probably on your waiver wire that you can go, all right, this guy might catch a touchdown or 60 yards. And that's probably all you're looking for out of the tight end position at that point. So yeah, I mean, I see no problem with it at all. And honestly, if I was in your position, just not knowing what the rest of your team looked like, I probably would have picked Julio over both guys myself. So there you go. So, all right, let's hit, hit our uh, one other piece of newsworthy uh, info, and then we're going to get to the timeline. Latavius Murray, we thought he was safe. He made it through the last, uh, last week of cuts. There was rumors, hey, he might be going. And this ended up happening over money. I mean, doesn't it always happen over money? But um, what do you guys think about this? And where do you think he might, where do you want him to end up? Let's not try to figure out where he will end up, but where would you want him to end up? Go ahead, Bill. Uh, how about Houston? Um, isn't that where all of the old backs are going to uh, to die? Um, no, don't, don't put that evil on him. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Um, I don't really know where. Like, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, he didn't look good, right? Like during uh, the preseason. Um, I mean, Tony Jones looked like like a whole different, you know, level than. Latavius I think he just I mean he's 32 years old now I believe and I mean that that's old for a back and I mean he's had a great career I just don't know like somebody will pick him up just because maybe even uh Atlanta um you know because they only have two backs I think um it's just Mike Davis and Gallman right now um so maybe but he kind of plays a similar style i guess like i don't necessarily think he would add much but it would have to be somewhere that they just don't have depth right and i don't know of anywhere that i can think of that makes a lot of sense um i think he's just gonna have to 
He's going to end up being like, um, oh, dang. I can't, I'm, I brain not working. Um, there was a running back that just seemed like he, who, Lamar, Lamar Miller, Miller, like, where it's just all of a sudden, like, he was kind of bouncing around places and it just, you know, everybody always kind of had a little bit of hope because he had an Achilles, I think. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where it never happened. And I think that's where we're at with Latavius now. Like, he's going to be a roster clogger, just not worth it. And uh, get him off your roster and never add him again. He's All right, Drew. Uh, Bill was very passionate. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Oh man. Yeah. He's, he's aging out. I mean, he's past that point where he's going to be a lot of value. Um, if he's good for a locker room, I could see, you know, a team picking him up for, for a few weeks to, you know, step in, cover something, you know, help a couple of young guys maybe get used to the playbook. But, um, so I don't know, uh, jets, uh, outside of that, uh, I think Bill said like Atlanta, I'm trying to think of any place that doesn't have depth, but I feel like everybody's got, uh, not only depth on their, uh, their roster, but then they've got the practice squad behind them at this point. Everything's shuffling around now that preseason's done. So uh, hard to say. He probably, you know, sitting by the phone for a couple of weeks, and we'll see. I think he's good enough that he might get a call. You know, if another major injury happens, um, you know, I, I know uh, San Diego or not San Diego. Uh, the Chargers are dealing with some stuff right now, but they've got depth there already. So um, yeah, I, I would agree. If you can get anything for him, take what you can get. Take take a free pick. Right. I don't think you're getting shit for him, to be honest with you. I don't think you're getting anything for him right now. But I know he didn't look good in the preseason. I'm not going to argue these points because they are correct. But he looked good last season. And I think there are a few teams. Uh, Jerry O'Shea, our, our main man from Ireland, mentioned the Ravens. I mean... He was better than Lev Bell last year. I mean, we can we can talk about the name and what the cachet was, but if we just look at what happened on the field in 2020, Lat Murray was better. Um, you know, the Jets, that was a good one. That's one I didn't even think of because I also thought of the Falcons because, you know, as much as people want to say, you know, Mike Davis ain't anything and Wayne Gallman is, you know, maybe better than Mike Davis and Okay, but, you know, Latavius Murray could come in there and, I mean, probably make a bad situation worse because who knows who would win that three-way battle. But, you know, there, I mean, he could provide depth, you know. What about um, Jacksonville? It's kind of James Robinson and, what, Carlos Hyde? Like, I'm sure. I mean, if that's your cup of tea, you know. Bill said Houston, and I think he just wants to put all the evil on Latavius Murray because he doesn't like him. Uh, the Chargers was another good one. Uh, Austin Eckler didn't practice today. Justin Jackson is hasn't played all preseason because he's been dealing with some stuff. So, I mean, week one, if this Austin Eckler thing is serious, could be Larry Roundtree. Like, is I mean, is that the guy you want? I mean. So, I mean, there, but I don't think there's a spot where he can come in. I mean, I, I think his best case scenario is kind of doing what he did last year, being a very good backup to a very good running back. Um, and that's his best case scenario. I mean, his worst case scenario could be kind of what Drew and Bill described, where it's like, he's just going to be there. He's, you know, maybe going to come out for a play or two. Every series, you know, maybe he ends up with, you know, six carries and two catches. And, like, what do you do with that, you know? How about the Redskins? I mean, Washington. Like, I mean, they have two kind of receiving backs, and they don't have a kind of a thumper. Um, They have Jarrett Patterson as their third. Um, So, like, I mean, McKissick and – um, you guys are going to help my, have to help my brain. Gibson. Gibson. Um, you got him on the OG team. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the um, truth, but you know what I mean? Like he might be somebody that will help like at goal line situations and stuff like that. 
Um, so he would be an interesting ad there just for like the combination of the backs. Like he, he offers something that the other guys don't. Um, so, so our man, our man short logic brings up Minnesota and that, that would be interesting, not only for the homecoming, but you know, we can pretty much chalk up in a 17 game season. Dalvin cook is probably missing at least three. And we saw Alexander Madison last year. He he was something. He was there. He he did things. But like, I feel like Latavius Murray would be a better back for that kind of at least three games that you are going to need him. So that's a possibility too. I think it's going to be very interesting where the money lies because obviously he did not want to take a pay cut from the Saints, and they cut him. And I don't know what the pay cut was to but I don't even know if he's going to make that now at this late point of the season where teams have literally done final cuts. They've looked at all their guys. They've looked at other guys around the league and, you know, they've kind of allocated their funds where they want to. I mean, I think he's going to get signed somewhere, but I'm curious to see if he gets signed for as much or more money than this pay cut would have entailed. So uh, that that's going to be, very interesting. But that's the news. Let's get into the timeline. And the first one here is from Gerald Iwayan. Gerald, I'm sorry if I messed up your name. Uh, at Gerald FF Dynasty One. But he's got a, a pressing fantasy football question uh, for the Jaguars about the Jaguars. Uh, which wide receiver is the best value at their current ADP PPR leagues? Uh, LaVisca Chanel at wide receiver 38, DJ Chark right behind him at wide receiver 39, or Marvin Jones at wide receiver 49. So which guy do you want the most at their current ADP? Drew, why don't you start us off? I will go with uh, Marvin Jones. Uh, I'll take the later pick. Uh, looking at last year and some of the safe leagues, which are pretty standard PPR leagues, uh, I know it's a different team, but Marvin Jones is averaging over 14 points per game. Um, you know, if you think that LaVisca is going to benefit from ATN being out and you like the combination uh, that he brings, then uh, I could see paying up. I would say Chark is the, the last one out of the group that I would pick. Either pay up and get LaVisca, hoping that he uh, gets all the extra touches now uh, and he can boost his points per game. Uh, or sit back and wait and take Marvin Jones, who seems to have an early connection with Lawrence anyways. Bill? This could this is an interesting question just because there's so many like I think you're gonna have, have an argument for all three. I this I think this is a really good good one. Um adding to what Drew said about um about gosh dang it. Uh Marvin Jones. Um you know, he also their their offensive coordinator was the Lions' offensive coordinator, so he's coming into a system he's familiar with, and so at least partially, you know what I mean. Like I know that Urban's gonna do his thing, so and he might be the the real actual offensive coordinator, but um, so that's intriguing. But I think I'm, I just don't think there's enough upside with Marvin anymore i mean he's a like i love marvin jones he was always my like underrated wide receiver um you know like per, uh, perennially you know just you could get him for like wide receiver four and he'll be a wide receiver two for you like it's just free money every season but i'm i'm a little hesitant to um the first year in a new offense ish and um, so I think I'm going Chark here. Um, so Drew and I are like the complete opposites here. Um, I, I, I still like Chark's upside. I think he's the one guy that I, I feel – I know his role. I know like – I mean, he was banged up. And, I you know, he's not ever going to be necessarily like a uh, wide receiver one. But I think he can outkick his coverage a little bit. And um, – yeah, I think I think he's my guy. All right, so one of you guys was right, and that guy was Drew. Drew was right. Marvin Jones 
wide receiver 49. That's disrespectful. Bill's leaving because he knows I'm right. Only reason why he doesn't like Marvin Jones anymore is because he left Detroit. Um, listen, uh, Bill brought it up. Daryl Bevel, the OC in Jacksonville, former OC in Detroit. <clears throat> Looks like a lot of the concepts are the same between the two systems. Obviously, um, Urban Meyer is putting his own touches and doing his own things with that offense as well. But what is, a, what is a rookie quarterback going to look for? The guy who knows what he's doing. That ain't DJ Chark. That ain't LaVisca Chenault. That is old faithful Marvin Jones. And the fact that he is wide receiver 49, I don't even want to bring up the rankings and see some of these wide receivers that are getting taken ahead of him because it, I think it will anger me. But him at 49, come on. We know that he he can go out there. He can do what he's supposed to do. He can get open. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to look that way a lot because he's going to know that Marvin Jones is where he's supposed to be. And he's going to be open. So, yeah, it's Marvin Jones for me all day. Um, Gerald, thank you for the question because it was a good one. Uh, if this was a debate you were having, I hope you selected. Uh, I hope you selected um, Marvin Jones as well. I'm reading short logic here. Marvin Jones going to score four TDs on your bench and then get you two point seven points the next week. You wasn't watching that season last year. He was pretty dang consistent. So, you know, I'm just saying. He's going to be good this year. He's going to be better than wide receiver 49. I know that for a fact. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, can the other guys beat their ADP? Yeah, but I don't think they can beat their ADP by as much as Marvin Jones can beat his. So, like uh, like one of you guys said, give me that free money. Give me that, uh, that free space in my lineup. I'll just put him out in that flex every week. And... um. And just just make money, make just that's what we're here for, winning games, winning leagues, and, and making money. So do that. All right, next one here is from Luke Sawhook at Luke Sawhook. Which rookie wide receiver will have a better fantasy season, Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith? And I thought this was going to be an interesting one because I think in April when the draft was. I think we all would have said Jamar Chase. And maybe we all say Jamar Chase now. I don't know what you guys are going to say. So, um, But we've been hearing the reports that, you know, Jamar Chase can't catch and, you know, he's, you know, uh, scared. I don't know what, what his deal is, but he's, you know, maybe he's not the guy we thought he was, you know, before his first game of his pro career. And, you know, we've watched the preseason and, oh, man, look at this Devonta Smith guy. He looks pretty good. He's catching all this stuff. Jalen Hurts is looking his way, you know. So I'm not sure if you guys have bought into the hype on either player or both players. But um, for me, it would be Jamar Chase. Uh, I think he is going to have the better season. I think he has the better quarterback. I think he has better weapons around him to kind of not pull all of that defensive pressure in his way. Uh, So that's my guy. It's Jamar Chase. Uh, I had him as the first non-quarterback player in my my rookie ranking. So, um, Bill, what do you got? Is it – is it Jamar or is it our, our man, uh, Devonta Smith? So for the first, um, this is for this year. This isn't for Dynasty. Dynasty, this is for I'm, th- I'm Chase totally. This um, is so for just this year. To, to say that. But we got to take into account that Chase hasn't played in a long time. So he's getting back into form. How long is that going to take him to get back into form? I don't know the answer. Then we have another guy who played, you know, his whole all last season just destroyed. And he's probably going to be the number one target 
um, in the at least wide receiver target on the offense. So I don't know how. I mean, the quarterback obviously is not as good, like you say, um, but I feel like he has a, a better shot to outperform this year. Um, so, but I need to be clear: this is totally just season long. This is not dynasty because I. No question, want Jamar Chase on my dynasty team, so don't be making me offers for uh, Chase, you know, for uh, Devonta Smith uh, in our dynasty leagues. Um, I'm totally cool having Devonta this year. Um, I just feel like he's already running, and um, yeah, I, I get it. He was weighs like 83 pounds, and um, you know, I had a, had a little boo boo already. Yeah, and that that is a concern, but. At the same time, he's already in form, you know, so I, I feel more comfortable having him on my team this year. All right, Drew, so so break the tie just for this season. Man, that's tough. There's there's so many things that swing the pendulum back and forth uh, and so many parallels for these guys, right? They're both playing with college quarterbacks that they used to be teammates with. Um, you know, the volume is very different. Uh, in both teams. However, uh, if I look at the defenses that uh, Philly's going up against versus the defenses that uh, Cincinnati's going up against, that can balance it out a little bit more. I think for for this year, I still lean Chase. I, I believe in the volume. I believe in the talent. I believe in the connection with uh, Joe Burrow. Um, I think there were some, a couple, some games that, uh, that uh, Smith will absolutely blow up and he will look hundred percent like the Heisman winner that he was. Um, but who's to say that if Chase played last year, he wouldn't have been in Heisman contention as well. So uh, I think both for this year and for dynasty, uh, I lean chase. Um, I looked up Mike Clay's projections just to, to see how far off I was earlier today. And it's, it's eerily close. How, how, uh, how similar uh, Mike Clay has both of them. I think almost the exact same number of targets and within like five or six PPR points is what he's guessing for them. So I think it'll be close either way. It's a great question, uh, but I lean chase. So uh, Drew, Drew and I got it right. Um, Bill, Bill was off in his own spot and uh, he, he actually had to step away for a minute. So he's definitely off in his own spot now, but uh, Drew, it's interesting. You brought up the, the defenses that both teams will have to play in their own division. But we, I think we should also look at the defenses for those teams, for those two teams in particular. And, I mean, Philly's got a, a better defense than Cincinnati, and it's not even close. Uh, so that could actually lead to Joe Burrow having to air it out more because that defense in Cincinnati is going to give up a ton of points. So, um, but, yeah, man, I mean, like you mentioned, Drew, the uh, – the Mike Clay projections have them uh, pretty close to each other. So, I mean, I think if both guys stay healthy, I think they're both going to be a ton of fun to watch. So either way, when they're on your TV screen, you're going to, uh, you're going to enjoy what you see. So that's, uh, that's the most important thing. So uh, got another one here from David Mendelson at DMendy02. How would you rank the following order of running backs. So I'm just going to name the running backs and uh, you guys can put in your order. Uh, Aaron Jones, Zeke Elliott, Austin Eckler, and Saquon Barkley. And I did pull this question before the uh, the Austin Eckler news came out. So uh, when I give my rankings, I'm going to pretend that he is healthy. Um, Obviously, if it comes out later on that he has a major injury, he's going to miss a bunch of weeks. That would change things, but we don't know what's going on there yet. So um, I would actually put uh, Saquon at one. I would put Zeke Elliott at two. I would put Eckler at three and Aaron Jones at four. And listen, Saquon may have may have the the biggest boom or bust potential here. Um, If he's healthy and he stays healthy all year, I think he he is a league winner. Uh, He can catch, he can run. And as much as the Giants may have improved on offense, I still think he is 
by far their best offensive weapon. So the coaching staff there would be foolish not to use him. Um, Zeke Elliott, I know. Zeke Elliott died last year. Um, RIP to his career. He only finished as uh, RB10 in fantasy. So we got to bury him and put him in the ground. But I have him at I have him at second because let's face it, all four of the out of all four of these guys and their pass catching ability, he is probably third, maybe even fourth on that list, depending on how you want to uh, match up Aaron Jones versus Zeke Elliott. But he's still a pretty good pass catcher. Now, obviously, Dallas has three really good wide receivers, but um, I think he's a guy who also can be a league winner for you. Uh, and then you got Austin Eckler. Obviously, if he's really hurt, this changes everything. But the guy just catches, you know, everything thrown to him. And in PPR, that's that's gold. You know, he's not going to run as much as these other three guys. Probably he's not going to rush as much, but he's going to catch a whole hell of a lot. I like Justin Herbert, and I think that offense is going to be just fine this year. And then lastly, Aaron Jones, and this isn't like I hate Aaron Jones, but I do think A.J. Dillon is still going to be involved. I don't think this is totally now like, you know, 85% snap share for Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is not going to be a part of this. I think he's going to have a bigger part than maybe a lot of people project. And I think that's the reason why I have him at four. But um, why don't one of you guys jump in and, and Throw your order out there. Bill just gave me the finger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a little different. Uh, number one is the same. Uh, Saquon all the way. Uh, I think Saquon at 85 or 90% is still number one for me in this group. Um, you know, the explosive talent, like you said, he can catch, he can rush, make guys miss. He can do it on his own. He doesn't have to have, uh, you know, a, a great line in front of him. So, um I have him in a couple of season-long leagues, and I, I am hoping he is, in fact, a league winner. I just got him at 19th overall in my home league, which felt great. Um, standard league, though, not PPR, but uh, even so. Uh, number two, I've, I've actually got Aaron Jones number two. I think this is this is the uh, this is the year that Rodgers, uh, you know, tries to make another statement in another way, and he's got the guys that he trusts, right? So uh, Aaron Jones is a guy he trusts. He's gone to bat for him when he was younger. Uh, he's thrown some crazy passes his way. So uh, I think Aaron Jones for this year is my number two on this list. Uh, very, very close uh, behind a Zeke. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Zeke can do it all, and I do expect a little bit of a bounce back for him. I think the other options are a little bit of a, a hindrance for me here. There's going to be so many, so many options uh, when Dak drops back, whether it's dumping it off, hitting – Somebody, um, you know, hitting CD as he steps into his own. Uh, there could be some games where Zeke is the RB1 this this year, but uh, I think overall, uh, I think he ends up behind the other two guys. And then uh, I like Austin Eckler. Um, I've just never never been willing to take the risk on him and his health. But I think when he's healthy, like you said, you know, he's he's a PPR machine, which is great. Uh, we'll see what the, the Chargers need to do, though. You know, will they need to, to throw a ton? Will they be able to control a little bit more this year and not have to? Um, and then will he stay healthy? So uh, it goes in that order for me. Saquon, Jones, uh, Jones and Zeke are basically 2A and 2B. For so me. do you do you think that Jones will finish better than Zeke for fantasy this year? If I had to choose one or the other, I, I do. I think they'll be very close. Um, and I, But, yes, I think Aaron Jones will finish – uh, ahead of Zeke in, in RB rankings this year. Should, should we do a, a little wager for charity on that? A little, put a, put a little, put five on it, like the song used to say? Put, put five on it for charity? I'm open. All right. I'm open. So Drew Drew's taking Aaron Jones. I'll take Zeke Elliott. Um, Zeke Elliott's going to probably have uh, seven catches on Thursday just because the they're going to be trailing that whole damn game. So um, Dak is probably going to have to throw it about 55 times. So, uh, so all right, cool. So we put a little five on it for charity, you know, just to make things interesting. I like doing stuff like that, especially when it's for charity. So 
All right, Bill, why don't you why don't you come in and hit us with your uh, your order? Yep. So it's unanimous uh, for Saquon at the one. Um, I just the upside is just you know monumental compared to anybody else's. Um, and then I, I tend to agree with Drew. Um, I mean, the last two seasons, just in points per game, um, Aaron Jones was fourth and sixth overall for running backs. So it's like, I mean, it's just consistency, man. And like, he just, you know, there's no um, Jamal Williams there. Granted, AJ Dillon is there. Maybe he does steal some touchdowns, but that might push Aaron Jones into a little bit more of a receiving role. Um, So I don't, and I'm not worried about receiving at all from AJ Dillon. So it's like, I, I agree. It's two A two B. I I don't think that there's. I feel bad with either of these guys. I'm not a like I. I drafted Aaron Jones a lot um, when he was a rookie, um, but then I moved him. So like I have like zero of him on any of my teams now. Um, so it's interesting that I'm I'm saying Aaron Jones here because like you know you would think that. <laughs> I would be leaning towards somebody I have more of, like which I do of Zeke. So I think um, I do agree exactly with what Drew said. I think Zeke's going to be a lot more hit or miss, depending on game flow, that sort of thing. Um, but he, I think he might have more monster games. Um, so it's just a preference thing. And and then Eckler, like I love Eckler. Like I have a ton of him. I've you know again another guy I liked when he was his rookie season and um, but new offense, we don't know how they're going to be used. Um, You know, it's, this is a really good question because every player has their pluses and minuses. I mean, he has nobody behind him. So it's like, you know, it's the gap between the four. Like I could see somebody picking any of these guys just based on, you know, what they prefer, what their risk tolerance is. Right. Like, I mean, the risk tolerance with Saquon is just, does he recover? But, you know, I I, I like this. This was a one that was, like, all four of them. I can't, Eckler's probably the only one I would, like, he's kind of a little bit further down compared to the other three, in my opinion. But, yeah, that was a really good question. Yeah, I like that because usually you get a question like this and it's like, you know, three of those guys and then the fourth guy is like Mike Davis. And you're like, well, obviously, like, you know, Mike Davis is going to be in fourth place. We already know that, you know, but this was four guys that, you know, you you could put you could put together a realistic argument to make any of those guys one. Not necessarily that you would draft, you know, draft Austin Eckler over all three of those guys, but you could at least put together a scenario where Austin Eckler ends the season ahead of all three of those guys, you know, Saquon, you know, does he get injured again? Zeke, you know, that offensive line is good, but they're old. They could fall apart again. You know, can Dak recover all the way, you know, and then you go to, um, you go to Aaron Jones, you know, are you going to see more AJ Dillon than you want to, you know, there's even been kind of preseason talks about uh, Kylan Hill, you know, are you, you know, so there, there's, there's definitely a, uh, an argument to be made kind of where you can put together a scenario and say, all right, this guy is going to be number one. And here's the reason why, but Bill, since you were out here uh, disrespecting the good name of Zeke Elliott too, do you want to, uh, you want to put five on it for charity? No, if you feel like, uh, how about, why don't we just give me Eckler? Um, oh, we're, we're doing the, the three-way dance I mean, Let's here. make it interesting. Let's not have the same bet. So I'll just, I'll take the hit. It's okay. I'll take the, what's well, for hey, Eckler, Eckler is one Mike Williams and or Keenan Allen injury away from having 12 to 15 catches any given week. Listen. Yeah, it'll be fun. What the hell, you know, just, uh. Keep track. You keep track. I don't. I don't even think Mike. I don't even think Mike. Uh, Mike Williams needs to be injured for that because we took. We talk about Mike Williams like uh, like he's a thing, and you know, he he uh, he shows up in one way or another. It's either double digit touchdowns or a thousand yard season, or he's hurt for uh, you know for eight games. But you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of Mike Williams and uh, all the people that that tout him because. 
just sometimes it doesn't work out for a guy. And I feel like that's what, uh, what Mike Williams is. So uh, have them at your own risk. All right. So this next one here is from Pick Sanchez. I kind of like that name, Pick Sanchez. At Mania Pick, am I crazy for starting Jalen Hurts versus Atlanta over Dak Prescott versus Tampa Bay on week one? Yes, but I, I will let you guys um I will let you guys go because everybody knows how I feel about Jalen Hurts and everybody knows how I feel like this uh this game is gonna go for the Cowboys against the uh against the Buccaneers. So um Bill, is he crazy? I think he's overvaluing matchups. Uh sometimes you just gotta pick the best player and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of unknown with Hurt still. Like, I mean, he struggles on intermediate passes, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things that defenses have a year to observe and figure out even more of his weaknesses. So, like, I I, I wouldn't be real confident starting him this week week over Dak. I think that, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with Dak regardless, even if he's not uber mobile, like he's still going to be able to, you know, he's still Dak, you know, and and that offense is still going to be prolific. Um, Does he struggle? Is he not going to, does he get a 20 yard run that he would, would have last year? Maybe not, you know, still working things out, getting confident, that sort of thing. Um, as for Hertz, like he may end up scoring Dak, but there's no way that that's the most likely scenario this week. So, like, I would just rather go with the elite quarterback, and um, you know, it's the safer pick, and it's the most likely pick to outscore the other. All right, Drew, what, what are your thoughts? Is he crazy? Is pick crazy here? You know, this is not my field of expertise as a doctor, so I don't I don't comment on people's mental mental state. But uh, no, I don't think you're crazy, but I, I definitely wouldn't do it. Um, I, I think that's getting too cute, and I think that's hoping for too much. Um, I mean, if you had the right league settings, you could probably make a case. Like if it's four four points for a passing touchdown versus six points for a rushing touchdown, but even then, uh, you know, the math gets tricky. So. Uh, I, I would not go there. Uh, I'm only starting Hertz in a couple of leagues where um, I, I feel like I have to. Uh, I mean, I'll throw this out there. Would you rather start Hertz or Trevor Lawrence this week? That's that's one that I had to pick for my QB2 in one league. Trevor Lawrence, as he fillets that Houston Texans, I mean, I guess they're a team, but the, that group of players in Houston, um, yeah, I would I would go Trevor Lawrence there. I may not say Trevor Lawrence any other week, but against Houston, uh, I'll, I'll say Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I don't know. I, I might go Hurts there. Um, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is going to be amazing, I feel like. I, but I just – I'd rather just go Hurts in that regard. And, um, you know, like – until I see it, I always struggle that first first game for a rookie quarterback. I mean, rookie quarterbacks traditionally are not, um, you know, world beaters. I mean, Luck struggled, Manning struggled. You know, all these guys struggle. Um, it's a good year as being like a QB 14, 15 for a rookie. So, I'd rather go Hurts in that regard, especially for the first game. But Josh, uh, talking matchups, I mean, that's more of a legitimate argument for quarterbacks of the same ilk like those two, you know. And and that, that's what I said. I said, no, next week when they play a real NFL team, I may not go Trevor Lawrence, but, but uh, against <laughs> whatever Houston's got going on right yeah. now, uh, give me Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I don't know if there is a big gap you know we bill brought up a good uh point about sometimes we look too much into matchups especially this early in the season because we don't know what these teams are both of these teams have entirely new coaching staffs so everything that we thought we knew from last year we can throw it out the window because two new coaching staffs they're going to put their philosophies in 
both offensively and defensively. But kind of talent-wise and on paper, I mean, I feel like Atlanta and Philadelphia are pretty close. You know, I, you know, if I had to guess, I would say this is going to be a close game. And, you know, close games usually rely on rushing games at that point and not so much the throwing. So, you know, that's another reason. I mean, we look at Tampa Bay and Dallas on paper and we go, one team is clearly better than the other team. And one team is probably going to need to do everything in their power just to kind of stay, you know, in it, uh, which is also another reason why, you know, I would like uh, a Dak. But um, yes, I think you're crazy, but that's also because I, uh, I'm i not as high on Jalen Hurts as a lot of other people are. So, um, you know, obviously I'm biased, just not in the way that, you know, most people would think I am as a Dallas Cowboys fan. So um, we got anything else, fellas? We got any other questions? Any other questions in the chat? I actually feel like we, uh, we went a little, uh, little under than we normally do. Uh, actually, no. um, I can just, here you go. Who... Uh... Who's going to surprise this week? Um, like somebody that's like maybe you're, you thought is going to be a, um, you know, kind of your quiet sleeper that you really haven't mentioned too much, but it's always been at the back of your head this uh, off season. And, you know, you think this is going to be their time. Just for the season or for week one? Um, you know, I mean, I would say for the season, like, but this is the first step into a season. So okay. uh, it'd be nice to get a good start. It would be nice to get a good, that's a, that's a good question. So I'm, I'm looking at a, uh, a, an old list that I have here, just kind of trying to cycle down some of the, the lower guys that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? I do like this guy, and uh, I haven't really talked about him. I mean, it could even be a rookie that you thought, you know, hey, this guy's going to be a surprise this year, you know? What do you got, Drew? You got an I- idea? Uh, not a rookie, a second-year guy. I've, I've been quietly collecting a lot of Cole Kmet on different rosters, uh, you know, waiting for week one to get over with so they can finally start Justin Fields appropriately. Um I don't expect him to set the world on fire, but I think he'll he'll step in and be a very consistent uh, weapon for Fields, and I think that could be a really really nice relationship moving forward. Um, I'm looking at some quarterbacks here, and uh, I know you, you got your your puppy this past week, so I got my my Duke shirt on here to rep DJ. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that Daniel Jones has a bounce back. Uh, I think a lot of people have been super low on him, so we're hyping up uh, you know the, the ceiling for Saquon and. Uh, you know, some of the weapons that he's got back. But uh, so I, I'd like to think that maybe he he puts it together this year. I know last year he had a couple of, not a couple, he had a lot of rough weeks, including uh, the week that he got sniped. And I just can't get that loop out of my head. But uh, I think he, he has a chance to put some things together this year as a quarterback. So I think he's somebody that people have gotten for a lot less than they should. And uh, hopefully this, this is a good week for him to, to start the season on the right foot. All right. I, I got two guys. So uh, Drew inspired me with his uh, with his quarterback pick. Uh, famous Jameis, you know, it, a lot of the preseason was who's going to win that job? Is it Jameis? Is it Taysom Hill? Which way are they going to go? Then they locked it down and they said, "All right, Jameis is our guy." And honestly, I don't I don't think they wanted to have Jameis be their guy. Um. Everything you hear from uh, Sean Payton is that he loves Taysom Hill. His big project has always been to kind of make Taysom Hill into a quarterback. But Jameis came out there and won the job. In in the eyes of the coaching staff, you can I don't want to argue who's better and who's not better because that's not what I'm here to do. The coaching staff has spoken. But if Sean Payton is able to harness the big arm and 
the, you know, fearless mentality of Jameis while cutting down on the mistakes. You're never going to eliminate the Jameis mistakes because guys like that are always willing to try to, you know, make a throw that maybe they shouldn't. But if Sean Payton has done that, I mean, I think Jameis could be pretty good, you know. Obviously, Michael Thomas is out for six weeks, but, you know, everybody loves, you know, Marquez Callaway. You know, they still have Alvin Kamara. Uh, Bill mentioned earlier, uh, Tony Jones has kind of flashed onto the scene a little bit. Um, Jawan, oh, man, I'm blanking on his last name, uh, the tight end that's kind of broken out. I think Jawan Williams. Johnson, thank you. Thank you. I was Williams was stuck in my head for some reason. Um, he looks like maybe he can be a, a bigger, and I mean that because he's six seven weapon in the game, uh, in the passing game. There, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna go, you know, you know, 30 30 like he did in Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know, I think he's gonna cut down on the turnovers, but I mean, if he gets you, you know. 30 to 35 touchdowns. I mean, I think he could, I think he could surprise a little bit. And then um, I haven't talked about him a lot this year, but I talked about him a ton last year during rookie drafts. Uh, Brian Edwards, obviously Darren Waller is the number one pass catching weapon for the Las Vegas Raiders. But I know a lot of people are high on Henry Ruggs, you know, and I think Henry Ruggs has a, specific skill set but i think brian edwards does more of what you want a professional football player to do so um yeah th- those would be my two guys you got anyone bill yeah i think paris campbell is interesting i think like he's just um you know he he had the targets that first week and then he got hurt and i i have some hope that he's going to uh fall right back into that uh we'll see um you know he's not going to be the top guy i think Pittman will be that guy um but paris campbell is pretty inexpensive um so he's a guy that i i i like i i'm always happy when i look at a roster and he's on it um just I feel like the the upside for him is so high um, compared to the cost that he he's just somebody that I'm really looking forward to because there's been hope for him the last couple of years, but he just can't get stay on the field. So, um, you know, everybody he was the he was picked way earlier than McLaurin. You know, two guys from the same team, and um, McLaurin just fell into it, and uh, Paris just can't you know get his strides. So. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he can at least show me that I'm right or wrong this year, as opposed to just waiting and seeing, uh, you know, that he's hurt again. And we still don't know. It's like Jalen Hurd, you know, so it just can't, the guy can't get on the damn field. So, uh, short logic has a question. Uh, what tight end do you all think has the best shot to jump into that top tier with the big three this year? Um, for me, it's Hawk. Um, I think like he's, or, um, actually it's hack or it's, um, gosh, I, my brain go Blake on. Blake Jarwin. That's what you wanted to say. Blake oh Jarwin. yeah. Andrews. <laughs> Andrews, Mark Andrews. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be one of those two guys, in my opinion. Um, I think Andrews, like I was, uh, JJ Zacharyson was just even talking about it today, I think, um, or this week about how regardless he's still like getting 20 percent target share and as a tight end that's incredible and if for whatever reason they can't run it as much as they have um if their volume goes up even reasonably like to closer to 500 passes i mean him getting you know a decent amount of targets uh he can he could take that step up to the top three um and maybe he won't be part of the quote unquote top three, but it might be a top four or five with all of those guys kind of tiered together as opposed to being a tier below. Uh, Drew, you got, you got any additions to the, uh, to that race? 
Nope. Andrews, I think uh, they believe in him. They paid him. Lamar loves him. Wide receivers can't stay healthy. Dobbins isn't playing. Uh, he'd be my pick. And then, yes, I would agree. Hawk is uh, shortly after him. Uh, I, I got Hawk ju- jumping into there. But uh, back to Mark Andrews, because I thought this was funny. You know, we talk about what's going on on the Twitter machine. When Mark Andrews got paid, the amount of people that I saw say, oh, man, I hope he was going to become a free agent and go to, like, a really good passing offense. And it's like, but he doesn't need to. He's he's in that offense, and, yes, they don't pass as much as a lot of other teams in the league. But you know what they do? They pass it a lot to Mark Andrews. So why would you want to go somewhere else where they not they may throw it 100 more times or 200 more times in a season, but they're not throwing it to you? I mean, I, I didn't get that that level of hate about it. But there were a lot of people who were like, man, I was, you know, I was hoping he would go, you know, here or there or everywhere where they throw the ball more. And I'm just like, okay, but hey, here's a wild card. Cause, uh, cause Bill hated on him. And I'm just going to, I'm going to stoke the fire a little bit. Uh, Kyle Pitts. I mean, there it's uh, Calvin Ridley. And that's it. Besides, you know, and then Kyle Pitts. So I think volume will be there because Atlanta, as much as you may or may not like Matt Ryan, they usually are one of the upper level teams in pass attempts for a season. They're usually top five to eight ish in that category. And I mean, Listen, a lot of people believe that uh, Russell Gage might do something. I, I don't have that level of confidence. Um, Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, you know, whoever else may be there. So, I mean, opportunity will be there. He will have attempts go his way. Um, it would be the best tight end, rookie tight end season of all time uh, if he does that. But opportunities there. So if, if I wanted to throw a dark horse in there, because I agree, I think Hawkinson and Andrews have a much better shot of uh, completing the task, but I'll throw, I'll, I'll do what Bill did. I don't want to be just like, you know, say the same answers all the time. So I'll throw the dark horse and Kyle Pitts in there. Uh, just curious, uh, going off this question, which of the top three is most likely to get replaced this year? I think we would all agree on this, but I could be wrong. Um, George Kittle. Um, I just think that it's probably going to be due to health just because we've kind of seen it before with George Kittle. I think if he plays 17, I don't think, I I don't think any of those guys get replaced, but uh, he's he's got the biggest injury history, I guess. So I would, I would say he would be the one to be replaced. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Josh is probably right. I think my biggest concern, if it's just situationally, is um, Waller, just because like they are adding other possibilities. Um, but I, I doubt. Like, I think he's just not one of those studs. So, like. He would be like the one I would go, eh, I'm a little more worried about it. But again, Kittle, like if you end up with Trey Lance as the quarterback, like who knows what's going to happen there too. So, I mean, maybe situationally it is also Kittle. Um, I love George Kittle. Like, I mean, that dude just plays football the way I want to watch, you know. And so like it's it hurts me to even say that like just as a fan. But yeah, like he, he's probably the right answer, sadly. Yeah, that's what I had in mind. So we we you know we all came up with the same guy because cool. well, uh, good question. That was uh hey, it's something to think about. Like if you have him at, like he's my most rostered um tight end. So like that's something that maybe I need to like evaluate um about making a few moves because if if that's even somewhat likely, um then maybe I, I need to get out of a few of those. Um, so on teams, especially if I'm not like a, you know, it's not like a premium or I'm not competing or contending. So 
Yeah, it's, that's a good exercise to think about that kind of thing. And I, and I think in your situation, Bill, you may want to wait till after this uh, week one matchup. Oh, I'm not doing anything just, today. Yeah, for just sure. Be, just because I think at this point, I think you need that like that first blow up game from Kittle. Well, you should because be doing I, that with your veterans, regardless. To be honest with you, like that's this is the time that you wait until those vets start playing before you even think about making a move, or you're not seeing any of the benefit. So, well, people got to be reminded these guys are great sometimes. Well, and I think too, a lot of times the preseason is when we start kind of thinking about vets the way we should again because we get it. You know, it's rookie draft season. As soon as the season is over. You know, rookie draft season. All right, like rookies, who's going here? Who got drafted where? And then it's not really until like preseason starts where you go, oh yeah, like this guy who's you know twenty eight because you know at this point twenty eight is ancient and decrepit. You know, oh yeah, like he's still really good. I forgot about that. I think the I think it's still the value still a little too low on Kittle just because he got hurt and you know we. And I say we as the community has been hyping up Brandon Ayuk. Uh, there may be still a little depressed value on him, even though he is one of those vets that we should be on the upswing at this point in the season. But I mean, the first time he goes, you know, eight for 120 and two touchdowns. Okay, George Kittle, tight end one. Let's go. Like, we're going to be back on that massive upswing because we started so low in the beginning. And then I think is the time where you're like, oh, I got him in this, you know, non-premium league. Hey, what do you want for him? Oh, you want to give me a first and, you know, whatever, another tight end? Sure. Okay. Like, let's let's do that, you know? And that that's why I think I was saying more like wait for that first good game because I think even though he is a vet, there's still that like, oh, man, you know, like we said, he could be the guy that's out of the top three this year for – Hawk or Mark Andrews or Kyle Pitts or whoever you think the next guy to come up is. And once you see him, like you said, Bill, play the game that like every fan wants to see the game played, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, like I love this guy. He plays hard every play. He catches everything thrown to him and he's a monster. So, um, so that's that. But you know what? That I think we should end on that note. Uh, Great episodes, fellas. Uh, you guys are awesome. I just, uh, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Um, thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, appreciate it. Short Logic and B, everyone else. Uh, you guys make the show more fun, um, and that's why we do this thing. So appreciate you guys. If you are watching this on YouTube, remember to hit the bell, hit subscribe, so that you are alerted every time that we come on and do our thing. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form uh, and you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Uh, rate and review also so we can get out there in front of uh, as many people as we can. And on that note, we are out of here. Late.